Welcome to the GC Hammer Show. That's Jack Hammer. I'm GC, Grant Cohn. And this is our first time talking since the Niners made their picks. We're going to give our, a little draft recap. Um, before we do that, because we've talked a little about, about these picks already, I want to start with the, like the, the news of the day that the Vegas odds makers have decided the 49ers are the favorites to win the NFC this year. I mean, no disrespect to the Niners. They came close last year, but wow. Like, we don't even know who their quarterback is. Like, what a mark of respect from the country that it really doesn't matter who the Niners quarterback is. People feel confident voting for them to win the NFC this year. What do you think that's based on, Jack? I mean, I the Eagles are pretty good, too. The, the Eagles are very good. I, I think it's based on... What the 49ers showed last year, they showed that they could get all the way to the NFC championship game using three different quarterbacks, including one that was the last pick in the draft. Another guy who was kind of a mediocre quarterback in terms of the NFL landscape and Jimmy Garoppolo. They still won 13 games uh, in the regular season, uh, get to the NFC championship game and, if, and maybe win that game. Who knows how that game plays out if, if Brock Purdy stays healthy? I think the 49ers have a chance in that game, uh, but I think that's what it is. The, this is the 49ers have the Last year, they had what people said was the best roster in the league if they took the quarterback out of the equation. And I think mm -hmm. they're still in that same position. So in terms of the NFC getting to the Super Bowl, I think the 49ers are right there with the Eagles, if not a little bit better. I, I can make the argument that the 49ers improved this offseason and the Eagles did not. Mm. Is, it seems like that's what odds makers are saying, right? Like that's what they're saying. The Niners yeah. took some steps forward. The Eagles didn't. Wow. I mean, Hargrave is a nice addition for the 49ers. I mean, Eagles got Jalen Carter, although there's some questions about Jalen Carter. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is the, you go, the, the Eagles are doing what the 49ers did in 2020. That's if it pays right. out for them. They're taking a guy who um, in, in the top had they, like a million red flags. Yeah. And they, and they, they just lost a guy who has been very productive to the right. 49ers and they're replacing him with a guy like you said, million red flags, wasn't overly productive in college either. Nope. He only had three nope. sacks, uh, two seasons, uh, yeah. you know, one, one, three each each year. Um, so you look at, at his his productivity. Javon Kinlaw was a more productive college player. That's correct than Jalen Carter. So That's it's correct. it's an interesting it's an interesting. The one uh, thing you could say is at least he doesn't have a medical red flag, which is a total deal breaker in the top ten. Sure. I mean, no. him being overweight isn't necessarily a medical <laughs> red flag, but right. I, I saw you hesitated on that one. Um, but yeah, it's like, is he a pass rusher? I don't know. Is Jordan Davis a pass rusher? I don't know. But I feel like their run defense should be better. Like their run defense sucked last year. Now I don't know about their linebackers now, but I feel like they should be just tougher to run on on first and second down. Theoretically, I don't know what Jordan Davis is in, in practice and Jalen Carter in real life. I, I think there's, you know, I don't know either, but I and I, I would I would not put it past the Eagles to be right there. I think the Niners and the Eagles are the two best teams in NFC. Um, I just think that the 49ers improved themselves a little bit on defense. I do think that Hargrave is a big addition. He's and big. then I think Isaiah Oliver in the slot is a better cover corner in that position than Jimmy Ward. Than now, Jimmy? Yeah, you take okay. all the things that that position does, and maybe it's a little bit of a wash. But I think from a coverage standpoint, he's an upgrade. Uh, and then in the secondary, the rest of the secondary is the same, and pretty much the rest of the defense is, is the same. You look at – Also, Wilkes might be an upgrade over D'Amico. Like, if we're being honest here, he, he might be. And that, no disrespect and to D'Amico, because D'Amico kept things very simple, but I think Wilkes might be a little bit more, might bring some some better blitzes that we didn't see from D'Amico, I want to say. He might be, and I yeah. think you saw some of some of uh, Wilkes, his fingerprints on who the 49ers took in this draft with what you just said, that ability to blitz when you look at those the DBs. players they took. I feel like with Sala and D'Amico, those are linebacker guys. Like, Sala was a linebacker coach. D'Amico was a linebacker and a linebacker coach. And now the Niners have the best linebackers in the league, but I think the way the league is trending, I think DBs are more important than linebackers. And linebackers essentially are big DBs. They're like, they're like safeties, essentially. So it's interesting to see the Niners finally get a defensive coordinator who has that mentality. And all of a sudden you see them like, oh, you guys went, made an aggressive move for a safety. Like that's new. You guys haven't done stuff like that in a long time. And then, so they have a potential to have a really good safety tandem. And then that Darrell Luter Jr. looks like, Emmanuel Mosley with like a little bit more size. Like he looks really good. Yeah. And if, you know, yeah. I don't expect him to necessarily break into the starting lineup this year, but you know, that gives depth. 
It's it, exactly. And I think when, you, yeah. when we get into the, when we get into the draft, I think that's the thing. When you start to look at who the 49ers added, they added some really good depth to their roster. Yep. That's going to pay off. I think their hope, the hope is that the hope is that they pay off down the road. I love the D winners pick. I mean, mm -hmm. if a six round pick can have a big impact in the NFL this year, I think it's him. He, uh, and it makes sense. It's like if you're going to be taking outside linebackers for this scheme and you could get Drake Greenlaw in round five, why would you ever draft one before round five? You can get studs that fit your scheme. And they did it again. They got a guy who's 5'11", 230, runs a 4'4", like I bet. And he has a lot of experience. Like he's not just a project who didn't play well in college. He's a guy who was a team captain on a team that was in the national championship. Like, yeah, he's going to work out on this team, I think, probably. Most likely. <laughs> round six, good draft. Right, and then you and then you add in who's who's the who's the linchpin in that in that linebacker group, Fred Warner, and he was taken in round three. So it's right. not even they, it's not even like they ever used a top pick on any of their top level NF, uh, linebackers. What's interesting is like putting the Niners here. I kind of get it because there's usually a Super Bowl hangover for the team that that loses, right? Yeah, there's a, yeah. There usually lose, is. Usually, that's what they usually. Say. I mean, often sometimes you can be disappointing that next year, and the Eagles were just so good last year. I mean, they're essentially like they lost two games with Jalen Hurts. Maybe he finally comes back to earth a little bit. Maybe teams finally figure out what they're trying to do because it seems like they had the whole league caught off guard. The, the team I'm looking at that could be the Eagles of last year that goes from sort of 500 to really good is Seattle. It's a really young team, and it's Geno. But – Damn, that team, like the last two drafts they've had, I've just really admired. I think they're really good. So good coach. I'm looking at Seattle, like what, what kind of a jump can they make? Their run well, defense is still really soft. No, but that and that's a good call because the the jump that the Eagles made was from the, the bottom to the, you know, they were the, the, what, in two years. the seventh seed. They were the seventh yeah. seed to the to the yeah. Super Bowl. That's right. The Seahawks were the seventh seed. Now what can they do? I agree with yeah. you. I think that Seattle had a hell of a draft. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know about I don't know about the receiver. Um, I think he, I think he really fits what they do though. I think that's the piece is, as a number three guy right? Uh, with, with, with everybody else that they have in there, that's, that should help them out. Um, uh, mm -hmm. they've done a really good job up in Seattle. You look at that entire draft. I don't have it in front of me right now, but you kind of go through their names and the, who they're taking. It's like, man, that guy's a good player. That, guy, that guy's a good player. So yeah. Charbonnet. Like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well that yeah. exactly. And that's a, and that, okay. Then that's a big one too, because they yeah. were to have Kenneth, uh, the, the, you know, the guy. Walker, yes, who yes. was really good last year as a rookie. Now you add yeah. Charbonnet to it. We talk about how the 49ers want to play this bully ball kind of style. They, yeah. Seattle also has a couple of, of guys that were rookie offensive linemen that are going to be in year two. They should be a little bit right. better. So, you know, it, they're, and they were tough against the 49ers in the, in the, in the uh, yeah, they were. playoff game, right? They, were. The, the they got Bobby Wagner back. They're getting Jamal Adams back. I mean, we've so, seen, we've seen Pete Carroll do this with young teams before. Yeah, it's they're yeah. they are tough. It's the it's the Niners mm -hmm. and the and the and the um, Seahawks and the NFC West. I just think the 49ers are a little bit better team, but but Seattle's right there too. What what what's scary about Seattle is that they have a I want to say they have a better offensive line than the Niners. And until Brock Purdy comes back, they might have a better quarterback than them too. So what they had last year was a putrid defense, but it's young. There's been a whole lot of new additions. And if they can plug up the run defense a little bit, I mean, we've seen what Pete Carroll can do. So that might be a team that wins 11, 12 games. I'm curious about them. I don't know. I like Dallas. I still don't take them seriously. Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's no, just I, eh, I, I, great I'm defense, though. Great defense, I, I, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, no, I'm with you on this because I, I'm, one, I'm with you in, in terms of the Seahawks and Pete Carroll. They always find a way to be competitive. No matter really what, good. at least, you know, yeah. and they did, they, they make the playoffs in their first year without Russell Wilson. They're turned the thing right around. They use Wilson to really rebuild this team in a lot of ways. And uh, they're scary. They're, they're not one to be overlooked. Like their defense ranked like 30th last year. What if it ranks 10th this year or, or 15th? All of a sudden that's a team that, I don't know. I mean, team. if they're, if they're, the, if yeah. they're 10th, they're right there with the 49ers because that's right, right around the 49ers are most of the time. Good point. And then there's Detroit, which I felt like they fumbled their opportunity to make uh, ground. Like, like, we didn't even talk about the fact that Philly added DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. I think that's big for them because I didn't think Miles Sanders was that dangerous. I don't know who's scared of Miles Sanders. Now you got two guys who are kind of dangerous. And Detroit, what they did was get rid of DeAndre Swift and spend a first round pick replacing him. Like, I like Jameer Gibbs, but damn, I don't think that's going to move the needle, guys. 
Yeah, the the I like the Lions. I think the Lions are going to have a good shot because the NFC North is so bad. I think True. it's going to be you know it's going to be them and, and and Minnesota. So that's the only thing is because of who they're playing against is so is so weak. You have a there's you have an opening for the Lions and the Browns. I think here to to make some some ground up now that you don't have Aaron Rodgers. I'm actually interested. Right? I'm intrigued in that division. Like, what is Green Bay going to look like? What is Jordan Love? Who is Jordan Love? They all of a sudden they drafted two tight ends. Both of them are intriguing. They, uh, I mean, I'm curious to see what that team's got. Jordan Love. Yeah, that, that that's going to be an interesting one. It's funny, right? They 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 get to the end of the road with Rodgers. They had a wide receiver last year. They had a couple this year. Uh, Rodgers, yeah. but they, they, he's finally time to leave, and they start throwing guys in there. So yeah, now uh, Jordan it's, Love it's gets funny. weapons. It's funny. Also, yeah. the Bears. They they they're trying to make it work with Justin Fields. They saw what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts in year three, and they're doing the best. They they brought in a bunch of offensive players. Do you think they can make it work? I, I don't know. I I think I think it I think that we can see the Bears. It's if if their defense plays better, the, they will be a, a much better team. They have a good quarterback. He's kind of an interesting guy because he runs around so much, but he makes plays. Mm-hmm. He's the best player on their offense. Um, but they don't have a defense that's very good. And if they can improve on that side of the ball, then they'll they'll improve. That's kind of what carries the 49ers, right? When their offense is right. struggling at times, the defense carries them and so on and so forth. Then I mean let's go through the conference like Cardinals, they're a year away from being a year away. The Rams, God knows what they're doing with their team. I, I don't even know. What, I think they have an, an identity crisis. Uh, reconstruction, deconstruction. Who cares about them? They suck. Yeah. Sorry. Remelia Sports <laughs> Report. <laughs> the fan, the, the Remelia is in here. Yeah. No, that the Ramley. Tampa uh, sucks. Tampa. You know, the, NF, the NFC South sucks, right? Tampa. Yeah, Atlanta sucks. Well, yeah. I, I can't say that because they beat the Niners last year. But like. They don't seem like a. I mean, okay, let's let's stick with Atlanta for a second. Desmond Ritter, all you had to say, right? Is he where the what? Where are they going with Desmond Ritter? Is that serious? Yeah. Well, exactly. I don't see I don't. Brock Purdy got these teams thinking that any old backup can win. It's crazy. Yeah, but they don't have Kyle Shanahan calling the shots either. Come on. No, they got big no, Arthur Smith. No. Yes. Yeah. No. They. You know. But it, it's it's interesting because Atlanta does have an offense that's similar to the Niners. It's predicated True. on the run game, Ball all control. those kind of things. But uh, I, I'm just not sold on on the, the Falcons. I'm not sold on anybody in that NFC South. I think they're all pretty much in the same vault. That's that's where the that's where that eight, nine, nine, eight team's going to come to the play, from the playoffs again this year. Um, There's one more team good. that's interesting: Washington. They they're, they're trying to be the 49ers so bad. They brought in Martin Mayhew. They they're committed to the defensive line. They added as many people as could they could to the defensive line. Their quarterback is Jacoby Brissett. Nothing against him, but like that's the best you could do. So I, I don't think we really got to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, no, that you know, the, about again, the Giants. Well, hey, I mean, yeah, we're we, we're getting. I'll wait. I'll save. I'll save the uh, my Washington take for when we get to the topic about the uh, the you know the Fortinaires and all their salary cap space that they have. Oh, okay, but uh, okay. you know, you, you know, the Giants. What are the the Giants did okay last year, but their quarterbacks. Yeah, eh, you know, and now we just got paid. God. Yeah. And so it's it's really the Eagles. The, the Cowboys are going to be tough, but the Cowboys are going to fold in the postseason because that's who they are. Um, yeah, the NFC the NFC is not as intriguing as the FC. I'll tell you that. This is an interesting point. How will it benefit us, benefit us since the Eagles lost OC and DC? I I don't know. Oh, uh, I guess we'll see. They lost Steichen, but they have a guy on offense. Uh, there was a quarterback coach that they like, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one because you know uh, they're they're made in their coat in their head coach's style. They're you know yeah. uh, that's that's who who put this whole thing yeah. together, and it's his style of offense, it's his style of defense. So he's just going to get needs to find the right guys. That's one of the things like with Shanahan when people talk about like Shanahan, like the benefit of him having being able to run the offense is that it doesn't matter if you it's always going to if the offensive coordinator leaves like what they had happen this last year you still got the same guy calling the shots and um defense he, he has a good feel for what he wants over there and he, he's able to find him i think you'll see the same thing with the eagles i think they're gonna they're gonna step right up yeah i think their offense will be the same i think their defense will be different i think it's a good thing because it could be Cannon, he yeah. got exposed and i think i think the niners were basically saying that they were going to do that that they saw the same thing like they kept talking so tough before the game like or after the game, like what were you talking about? What what did you see on on film that you? I think Kyle probably pointed it out to him. Like, look, guys, like when we go in motion, they don't like we can do this and this. Andy Reid saw it too, burned him twice, embarrassing. Imagine him, 
hiring him as your head coach after that happened. I would just just ghost him. Sorry, man, not gonna happen. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I, I agree with you. So he's they, gone. They they took it to him. They the the Kansas City Kansas City took it to him. Uh, they were able to keep their quarterback in the game and get the run game going. And between Mahomes' ability to, to make a few plays and the running game, just you know, running through them, uh, they were able to come back and do what they needed to do. So uh, I'm yeah. right there with them. Yeah. So that, I mean, maybe that'll help the Eagles, but there are reasons to think that the Eagles could take a step back this year and the Niners could leapfrog them. But the way I look at it is, you if you line up all the players the Niners lost and the Niners gained, and the same with the Eagles, you can make the argument that they both kind of came out even. The team that made a jump this offseason is Seattle. And I don't know how much of a jump they made. Maybe they're in the mix with the Niners in Philadelphia. Maybe they're not quite there. Maybe they're past them. And that's why they play the games. But if we're talking about the team that made the jump, I think it's Seattle. Yeah, I know. I, I, I do think that Seattle added the most to their roster. Um, they did a good Lost job. Lost the that, least. Yeah, and that's one of the things yeah. like after round one when I when I did talk to – I was talking with Larry after round one, and I said I really like what the – I like what Seattle did more than the Eagles because they they added yeah. to the roster. They weren't filling a hole for somebody that left. They just True. added to it. So that's, that's why I like – that's why I like what Seattle did more than in Philly. And you start to look at like the additions and subtractions. I think, you know, with the 49ers, you, you don't see as many additions because some of the guys that are filling are going to be stepping in are guys that are already on the roster. So you don't see them yeah. necessarily coming from other places, you know, guys from last guys, year's draft. Yeah. The guys from last year's yeah. draft or, or it's a guy like Two, Eric three. Armstead. Yeah. You know, or Colton like Kivitz. Exactly. And then the reason I yeah. say Armstead is because he was injured for so much. Of right. The right. Right. True. 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 And potentially Kinlaw. Let's not write off Kinlaw yet, to yeah. be fair. Yeah, he'll be a good depth piece somewhere along. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. he's going to be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's not going to play over uh, Hargrave at this point. That's a big, that's a good one. Yes. That being said, I mean, the Niners want to rotate players anyway. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Yeah. Good question. Shanks, can Drake Jackson break out? He went through a special program in the offseason in order to work on strength and conditioning. He looks huge insta picks. That would be good because I don't think he really had an NFL body last year. I don't know what he was going for. Felt like he was too big. I don't know. So hopefully, yeah, that would be big. Yeah, I'm with I'm with on this one. Uh, I've, I've put this out there a few times. I think Drake Jackson is the guy that's going to step up uh, this year. There's been so much discussion around the 49ers during the draft process that they need to get a defensive end, and I kept – just kind of saying to myself, no, they don't. I kind of put that out there a couple of times. They don't need to go after a defensive end here on day one or day two when they first had the first pick. Because that's why they drafted Drake Jackson last year. They yeah, knew they were, the situation was coming. Yeah, and 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 they talked about it. You know, the main thing with, with Jackson is he just needs to get stronger. He wasn't able to, to maintain throughout the entire season. I think he's going to have a big season with the rest of the defensive line, with Bosa and Armstead and Hargrave. That's going to help him succeed because – He's a guy who doesn't just run around the edge. He's not He's not that quick guy like a D forward necessarily. Mm -hmm. You see the sacks that he had last year. It's a lot of cleanup kind of stuff. So you get that pressure from those other guys and you let him clean it up. And I think that's where he's going to be successful. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I can see that. Anoop says Niners are going to are going to the Super Bowl this year. Book it. Guaranteed. But they will lose to the Chiefs because Andy Reid will outcoach Kyle. Frowny face. Frowny face. <laughs> Andy Reid's good. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. Let's go. Let's go draft. Kicker at 99. Kicker at 99. Not 100. They could. And I have a theory. I think that part of the reason they traded up for Jair Brown was that was so that the kicker wouldn't be their first pick. So that everyone would say, oh, they drafted a, a safety. What a great draft. Because if they didn't do that, all we'd be talking about is they took a picker, a kicker, with their first pick. Who does that? 49ers did it almost. 99. What do you think? Hey, Al Davis did it. What are you talking about? He did. And that guy was like, but that guy had the strongest leg I think I've ever seen. God, Sebastian Janikowski kick. Uh, no, but this is one of those picks. I, I I was not shocked to see Jake Moody's name go off the board of the 49ers. I kind of expected this to happen I, back in March. I put it out in March. So the last time the went to the Super Bowl, they had a rookie kicker. 1994. Doug Bryan. Doug Bryan. Doug and Bryan. Third I, round I, pick, baby. I think 84? Higher than 99. Yeah, it was 84. Um, yeah. Some, and I think that's what's 845, somewhere like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so for this one, it, it makes sense. This tip pick makes sense because this was a need for the 49ers. It was a spot that they needed. It was a position that they needed to fill. And when you look at their draft, their draft was about the future everywhere except for this spot. 
This was the only guy that they were expecting to come in and play for him this year as, Pretty as far as be a you know starter. Although arguably D Winters has a, has a, a a runway to start too, unless Oren Burks can hold him off. Yeah, Warren Burks or Demetrius Fine and Fouls, right? Yeah. Fouls is still there too. Yeah. So True. no, you're right. There's a there is a yeah. runway for him to do that. But I think you look at the kicker, and I think, you know, I've seen people say the process was just messed up. The process was bad. The process of getting to a kicker at 99. I think the process was we need to fill this spot. We we have been extremely successful with Robbie Gold. We need yeah. to try to fill this. And we have Zane Gonzalez, who is the Jimmy Garoppolo of kickers because he can't stay healthy. So we are going to get somebody that can do this that we believe can be the long-term solution. And we don't want the second best kicker in the draft or the third best. We want the best kicker in the draft. All right. I can't yeah. He better be good, though. He can't be Roberto Aguayo. Else he never lived that down. Absolutely. No, absolutely yeah. not. He's got, he's got to work out. You know, and here's the thing. Like, I've seen a lot of people be upset with this. And the, the one thing that I haven't been able to get a response out of when I went to those people that are really upset about it is, well, who would you have taken at 99? If it wasn't a kicker, who would you have taken? And the response that I get is anyone or... I can give you a list. It's too too long for me to respond. I'm not asking for that. I want to know, like, who would you have taken? What player would you have taken at 99? One one reason. Well, I could I could name you a list of players, but I think the the I don't want the, a list uh, of players. Like, if you're if you were if you were the 49ers, Grant, I, I'm well, not putting on. you on the Let spot. me just finish. No, hold on. Let me just finish my sentence, and you'll know where I'm going. I could give. I I could start naming names, but the thing is, those names are all available at 101 too. Yes. You know what I'm saying. So, like, if Moody works out, that's, and you tell me that, because they were like, hey, man, if we didn't take Moody at 99, teams would have traded up to 100 and taken him. Okay, fair enough. A everyone I wanted at 99, I could get a 101. So let's talk about 101 next, but let's not go there. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm cool with Moody at 99 as long as, if he's a good kicker, he's worth the pick. I don't give a damn. But then we got to talk about 101, because that that's a whole different story. What happened? Yeah. What happened? And I, I, we were all distracted, because we were so I was so freaking surprised that they did it. I was just like, not even mad, but just laughing. They took Latu. I was like, I wasn't even thinking about it. But then the next day, I was like, let me, I was looking into him. Like, everyone said he was a fifth round pick. And I'm getting ahead of myself. Moody, no, yeah. good, fine. He better be good, though, dude. Like, there's, and he, there's a lot of pressure on Moody. That's the one thing I want to say. Yes. He didn't get picked to, you know, the Vikings or the Seahawks or Arizona. Like, the Niners are kind of like Dallas. Everyone's going to be looking at you. If you miss a kick in preseason, everyone's going to talk about it. And there's just a lot of pressure. So I, I think he's built for it. But this is even bigger than Ann Arbor, dude. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. And that's, that, is the, that is the hard part about being the pick here at 99 is because yeah. you're, you're right. It just is amplifies the pressure. Yeah. You have all these people that are like, ah. And it's like, Waiting to say it was a stupid pick. See? See, you missed a kick. Like, yeah. You suck. You suck. You suck. I called it. Yeah, all that stuff. All that stuff. Whereas if he's if he was on the Tennessee Titans, no one would really care. Yeah, and you still might. Although still Roberto, might. people found time in their day to, to ridicule Roberto Aguayo in Tampa. Poor Roberto. <laughs> yeah, and you stole my other take because that's where I am. I believe that's kind oh, of okay. my belief. No, and that's fine. You no, but you didn't steal it. I'm just saying. Sorry. You're, what you said about the the, the 101 is 100. That's that's where yeah. I, that's that's been my whole take is well, every, yeah. unless they wanted the wide receiver that the Raiders took at one at 100, every right. player that they could have taken at 99 was still there. Good point. And, and we know what they did at 101. I right. agree with and you. And to their point, like a kicker got taken 15 picks later. So you'd have to imagine that some team might have considered trading up to 100 for Moody. You don't know. You don't know. So don't I take see. the risk. I saw some I saw some talk about well if you know if the the next pick was 12 picks back the 49ers could have traded back and picked up some picks and still got the we don't know that because if you had traded back there's a chance that that, that New England jumps ahead of you because you know whatever um because they already did trade up so who knows how that all would have would have worked out um but they 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 my philosophy in the draft is if you have a player that you like and he is there and you and you know that you want him and that's you're worried that somebody else is going to get him. Just take him, and so that's why the the kicker at 99 doesn't bother me uh, at all. I think it's a it's a good move because it's a position of need for San Francisco. Okay, so two picks later, they take a tight end who runs a four seven eight. Say what you want about Cameron Latu, mm -hmm. great kid, switched from defense, new to the position, still learning. He runs a four seven eight. Just just to put that in perspective, Joe Staley when Joe Staley came out of Central Michigan at his pro day, he ran a four seven nine at three hundred and six pounds. I mean, there are offensive tackles in the NFL who run faster than four seven eight. Like this is, I mean, most all pro tight ends run a little bit faster than this. So, so, so what is what is the uh, 
the vision here for Cam Latsu in round three? That's a tough one because I didn't see him as being a guy that was that had any business going at 101. I think Latu was the guy who should have – I think most people were looking at him as being someone who's going to be 150 to 200 yeah. you know, in, that, in that ballpark. And I think what happened here is the 49ers go into the draft and they feel like they need to get a safety, they need to get a kicker, they need to get a tight end. A blocking and, tight end. And what, and what, and what happened is – is the the deal is you start to look at the the names you don't have any any tight ends no tight ends go off the board on the first day but on on day two there pretty much run. every tight end that the four ers had had really worked with was gone <laughs> by the time yeah. they came up at one one and the two there was a Latu, big time run it's it's yep. pretty much are you going to take Cameron Latu do you if do you believe in him yeah then other because otherwise it's like okay can he is he going to fall all the way to one fifty five maybe not and and so that's just get him and, and yeah. Again, and that's that's the only way that 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 it makes sense is because if you let him if you wait till 155 does does Rand Carthon like him enough to take him at 147 because he took a tight he took Jot, uh, Wiley out of Cincinnati at 147 you know the guy yeah. Tennessee so yeah. that's the only saving grace for the foreigners but uh you know Latu at 101 is that's a tough one that's that is the one where if you want I I have I think this is a this, the pick that should be scrutinized more than the kick yeah and to me it's a classic Kyle Reach where he falls in love with a guy for whatever reason. And he's envisioning him in his offense. He has to have him. And they reach. And it's like, I don't care. I, I wanted him. He's my guy. And it's like, well, I'll make it work. I'll, I'll I'll feature him. I'll justify it. Like the way he did with Christian McCaffrey. Like, oh, everyone says I shouldn't have done this. Let me give him the ball 30 times a game. What do you say now that he's got 1,500 yards and 77 touchdowns? Like, what do you think now? He could... I, Theoretically, he could do that for Cam Lott, but he has to like be good enough to be on the field. And then, then the Niners draft another tight end in round seven. And I'm thinking like, oh, here we go. This is the scouting staff being like, okay, like you want a tight end? Well, you got your guy. We'll just give you another guy, and you can have you can put them both in practice to see you like better. I mean, didn't they do that with like Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell? I mean, you know, Ty Davis Price and Jordan Mason. So okay, you're looking for that kind of a guy. Okay, that's your choice. We can't tell you not to make that choice. Here's our choice. You know what I'm saying? Well, be open-minded, <laughs> please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. It, it's it, it's interesting because I felt like Titan was in a, a position of need. I also thought that they should have added an offensive lineman during the draft. And the and it's interesting when you get to this pick because there was a couple right. of guys. There was one guy on the board that everybody had been talking about. Blake Freeland. Um, Blake Freeland. Yeah. And Blake Freeland – Pretty much played just left tackle at BYU the last two right. years. I know he played some right tackle earlier on his career. It's really interesting because they pass on him time and time again before he was right. taken. And Joe Staley, who goes to Cabo with Kyle, is the one who worked him out and got him ready for the draft. And they passed on him. Maybe, and they passed maybe on Joe him. said something to the Niners like, hey, he... <laughs> hey, hey, maybe he said, hey, remember Mike McGlinchey? <laughs> maybe do you or, want mike mcclinchy again do that here's the thing maybe maybe there's something to like not taking a left tackle and moving him to right tackle that doesn't always work i think that's i for me i think that's a big piece of it because you struggle when right? you move from one side to the other and you, yeah. start, to, you start to look I, I would ask you can't anybody, take that for granted ask anybody that's complaining about the 49ers not taking an offensive lineman in the top one you know 155 there were very few guys that played on the right side and as far as right tackle. Brain Daniels goes to the goes, I don't know where he went. I think it was 118. He is from Utah, the tackle from Utah. He's okay, the, he's one of the few guys who played left and right tackle in the last two years. What I think Nick Saldaveri played on the right, but he was like at like old Dominion and yeah, his he, arms are a little short and he might move to guard. Like that would be the guy. And I think he, he was, was the first pick in round four. He, was, he might have been one oh two. I'm not I think sure he was where, one or two. I'm not yeah. sure where he was taken, but Seldavari yeah. too. But and the thing with both Daniels and Seldavari is both of them project as guards in the NFL. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. that's I when you when you hear the 49ers say there wasn't now you can say the same thing about McKivitz, though. I'm just saying, like <laughs> no, McKivitz plays some guard in the NFL too, you know? Yeah, and, and he's know? bounced all yeah. he's bounced all around. He's played yeah, he's been all yeah. over the place. I think he even I think he even Yeah, Saldavari was 103. That that's one to look at. Like I, I think it's fair to track Cam Latu versus Saldaveri, their careers. Because, I mean, right tackle, shorter arms, but yeah, I don't know. Saldaveri, Saldaveri, Saldaveri. And, and Blake Freeman. And the Saints are pretty good at drafting and developing offensive linemen. Not that many teams are good at it. They're like one of eight, seven, five. 
I think the foreigners are pretty good at draft at drafting and developing. I think the foreigners have a very good offensive line coach. They do a very good. I think job. they're good developing it, but they don't draft it. They don't fucking draft it. <laughs> and it could be a situation. They don't they fucking don't... draft it. Well, when was the last? They should time they think about it. Sports just good. Was it second round pick for for uh, Banks? Banks? Other than that, yeah, you're right in terms yeah. of the timing of that. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Banks was actually a pretty good pick. They 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 needed to do it. It wasn't Josh Garnett. Yeah, anyway, so it's yeah. yeah. I, but on, on the lot two pick, yeah, this is a tough one just because he wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, and they kind of I think with the way that everything kind of fell, it was just like this is the best player available. We like him because we've met with him and so on and so forth. Yeah, and it's a reach, but there's been a run on tight ends and maybe a lot of those tight ends. I want it was interesting. Green Bay took Luke Musgrave at 42 and then Tucker Craft at 78. Like they doubled up on tight ends before the Niners could take one. I bet the Niners didn't see that coming when they were trying to figure out where the where the tight ends would go. Uh, probably not. And then two to they, Green Bay. Yeah. Wow. One foreigners end up doubling up on tight ends too at the end. So is that is this all because the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls in the last four years? Like, hey, um, that tight end they got over there is really good and <laughs> well, kind of underpaid. I, when it comes to the four, I don't know about you know around the NFL, but for the 49ers, the problem that San Francisco has is they have George Kittle and then they have a bunch of guys. You know, Charlie Werner can't you catch bite your tongue when you talk about Ross Dwelly. All right, no, I, 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 Ross is the boss. When it comes, <laughs> Ross has the best. Ross has the best hands on the team. He just doesn't block all that well. He blocks okay. He can got to get in the guy's way, you know. But they they needed they needed to have they needed to have a guy that could replace Charlie You're Warner. Right. I think a lot too is more they're trying to get rid of Charlie Warner in a way. They're trying to find some Talk about a guy who gave the team nothing the last 3 years. He's well, yeah. I mean, last last season he like, was wide open twice deep and ball hit him in the hands and he dropped them both. Like Tyler Croft is on the field because Charlie Warner does nothing. Tyler Tyler was supposed to, was supposed to be that guy, right? The the blocking type, like special team. Yeah. Yeah. And the foreigners have been trying to find for a long time, a guy that could be that second tight end that can actually catch the ball and do all those types of things. And so we'll see if, I'm not sure if lot two is the guy that that's what they're hoping for, but I, I, I think the jury's definitely out on that one for sure. In Atlanta, his number two tight end was Levine Toilolo. So maybe he feels like, you know what? Latu's a lot like, I mean, Tololo was like the slowest tight end of all time. Let's go back and look at Levine. So I feel like there, there might be. He was also like, what, six, seven. He was a big, he was dude. Like six, eight. He's yeah, freaking he was, huge. All right. Levine Toilolo 10 years ago. Cause he was a four, eight, eight. He was six, eight, two sixty. All right. So Kyle, he's had, he's had experience with slow number two tight ends. They're essentially like big off. They're like small offensive tackles in their run game. So Latu. You're especially like a small move to offensive tackle in the run game. You're going to justify this pick with his run blocking. I think they drafted him for his run blocking, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, saw I saw him do a reach block. You know, he, he had some decent numbers in, in the in the receiving game at uh, at Bama, but, you know, and, and we'll see. I mean, he doesn't stand That's out it. on the film there. You can, you can find it. It's like everybody. You can find a, good, a couple of good highlights of him, though. All right, do we need to talk about the fact that the Niners didn't draft an offensive lineman? I think we've been sort of belaboring the point for the last half hour. We could move to defense. I think I think we have. I think we just talked about yeah. that, that here with uh, Latu. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't take an edge until one seventy three. A lot of people thought edge was one of their biggest needs in the draft. Um, but I think we got to come back to Drake Jackson. Like, there's a reason they took him with their first pick last year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think they expect Drake Jackson to be the guy, and he's. I think they expect him to be the guy that's going to be the starter. They, you look at what they got out of Samson Ibukam the last two years. I think Drake Jackson gives them all of that plus a little bit more. Um, so I, I like that. And then as far as the player they took at 173, I think they took a really good player here. Um, I, this is where I thought they were going to go. I thought they were going to go edge around 155. I really liked Yami yeah. Fahoko out of San Jose State. I thought he was going to fall to 155, and the damn Cowboys jumped up and took him like around 120, 130, I think it was, somewhere around that area. Um, but, you know, that's this guy – does what the 49ers look for. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't totally fit the system that he was in at because they had him played outside linebacker at Georgia. So now being able to put his hand down and, and actually play defense in it, I think it's going to, it's going to help him out. And I think he's going to be a solid rotational back of the guy, you know, back of the rotation type player. Yeah. I like taking guys who were like five-star recruits who like, Things didn't work out for him in college, but they tested well, and you have a good position coach, and you can get him at the end of round five. Love picks like that. That's what you're looking for in round. I, I prefer those kind of picks than like 
you know, guy who didn't test that well, but has four years of experience and is tough and like a coach's son. It's like, nah, man, like you're just a backup. You're a special teamer at best. Give me a guy who has a chance to be special with a good coach and on a good team. And I think that's what Robert Beal Jr. is. And I think that's why I keep coming back and whining and complaining about the offensive line. It's like, Kyle, recognize how good your offensive line coach is. When you first got here, your offensive line coach was not good. It was Tom Benton, as I want to say his name was. He ended up going with Solid of the Jets. Not good. Uh, ever since they brought in Forrester, he's been on the field with the players the last two seasons, I want to say. We'll look, look what's happened with Banks and Burford and Brendel. Look at Brendel. Now, nah, there was no helping McGlinchey at this. He, he had some injuries, though. But let's see what happens to McKivitz. Like, I think if you just gave this guy, you know, what Howie Roseman does is he just gets the best athletes, the biggest, fastest, best athletes, and trust his coaches. Like, what you could do that too, Kyle. Trust your coach. Yeah, I, I think you you can. Uh, you got a guy that, in in Beal here who's going to play with Chris Kosarek. Kosarek does a really good job of getting the guys out. I kind of, you know, our, our good uh, mutual friend uh, East Bay Chris t- talked a lot during the draft process about Chris Kosarek and his being able to play. That's Multiple the first thing, I put out, first thing I put out when they when they drafted this guy at one seventy three because Clay. Chris was talking about it. Yeah. Oh, they got they got Chris Kosarek. That's right. But I I just like the I like the I like the. The, the long arms, the quick get off. He, he, that's I yeah. think what fits the 49ers. He seems like he's everybody that's uh, you know everything that I've read kind of leads to me to believe that he's going to be decent against the run as well. So as a rotational guy, I like that. And then I know Lynch and, and Shanahan talked about his ability to make plays in the open field. So um, that'll help him out on special teams. I did one mock draft, and my bold choice in the mock draft was taking no edge rushers. Because the way I looked at it is the Niners generally don't draft edge rushers. They took Bosa. They took Peter Tomapinu and Drake Jackson. And usually what they do is they take former first-round picks a la Cleland Farrell, who didn't work out, and they put them on like the Chris Kasarik career rehabilitation program. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, man, are you about to wash out of the league? <laughs> do you want to get... <laughs> Do you want to get some money down the line, but not just yet? Why don't you come play for Chris Kasarik, and uh, next year you'll get a contract somewhere else. That used, to, but now it feels like they're just. Why don't we just skip the process and and draft someone with actual traits? Uh, I think it's smart. Like, why are you? Don't wait for Cleveland Farrell to bust. Just get Robert Beal. I think it's smart, or do both. Yeah, I think it's a good move. I think he 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 fits them, and and. Uh, yeah. Late enough in the draft where you can take kind of take a shot. It's fifth, end of the fifth round. You you take a shot on this guy, uh, and if it, if he works out, then uh, it's it's all arrows up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? pleasantly surprised by this draft pick. Josh Wyatt says, "Is does seeing the Niners bring in Sam Darnold so they can float trading Lance and commit to a guy with a catastrophic injury and eight career starts make you miss the stability of Jimmy Garoppolo?" <laughs> well put. I know why you would say that, but for me, no. My whole thing with the Jimmy thing is. Once you know a guy is not the guy, as in like the franchise guy, and you have a certain standard that you want, you got to move on. You got to find out what you have in the next guy. And at least with Darnold and Trey and Brock, there's enough mystery in all three to keep him around. But once you know that a guy is not the guy, he's got to go. Got to go. Yeah, well, especially when you know they 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 got themselves into the contract with Garoppolo early on. I don't think it was a bad contract because when you look at the structure of it in the beginning, I understand all the discussions around that. But you're right. Once they once they made the decision around 2020 that it wasn't the guy, then Gotta you go. know, they, and they kind of stuck around with them for 21, and and they were almost got there. And then you know, last year he kind of helped get them there for a little while. But at what price? They still don't really know what they have in Trey Lance. Well, the, you know they, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, they would have known if Lance didn't get his ankle broken. They would have known. And they would have known if they played him their rookie year, too. Yeah, yeah. They would have. They uh, might have. Yeah, I'm no, just I saying, mean, every other you know, team that moved on from their quarterback, like the Niners did with Jimmy, just got rid of the guy that year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't stick around here and um, <laughs> no, I'm, imagine I'm, Carson I'm, Wentz being Jalen Hurts' mentor. Hey, Carson yeah. was going to take you under his wing, Carson's yeah, going to show you the ways. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. I don't know if we have if we have that as a topic here, but we start to talk about the we talk about the quarterback position and Trey Lance and um, he wasn't ready to play in twenty one. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see. I, I listening to the listening to the draft. I, I wasn't watching the first round. I was listening to it on the radio. And when the Indianapolis Colts took the Anthony Richardson, the guys on ESPN radio said that Shane Steichen just got his next Jalen Hurts. 
And I about fell out of my chair laughing because there's no way that that he might turn out to be Jalen Hurts. He may, but there's Jalen Hurts when Shane Steichen got him was a much better product than Anthony Richardson is joining. Much more finished product for sure. That's what's interesting is is what yeah I agree. Steichen said we're going to play the guy. The only way you improve is by playing, and that's how I feel. And what was interesting if you go, we don't have to rehash the past, but 2021 they started off three and five, and you wonder like. Could you have started off three and five with a green uh, Trey Lance and could he have improved? Because I, I, I always felt he's not going to improve on the bench. And some people felt he would. And I don't think he did. I think what we saw, me, you were there. I, I think what we saw in training camp last year was a guy who didn't improve on the bench. I, I would say that I, I was one of those who thought that he could improve uh, playing, you know, working on the on the practice squad, Scout all team. those types of things. And I thought that we saw that from him in week 17 against Houston. And then we didn't see that during training camp last year and all that kind of stuff. And then in, go yeah. back to 2021. And this is where I'll disagree with, I'm not, I'm disagreeing with you in that. I think they want, they, they were, they kept fi- trying to figure out a way to get him in there. Right. They weren't the whole thing with, you know, rotating quarterbacks that got shut down really early. Garoppolo goes down against Seattle. That opens the door for Lance. So Lance finishes yeah. the second half off against Seattle. He makes a start in Arizona and, I think if he doesn't get injured against Arizona, there's a probably a good chance that he probably. continues playing for a couple of weeks. But he yeah, injured so. his knee, and that yeah. injured knee puts any kind of plans on on the back burner. And and it almost seems like after that, by the time he was ready to come back, is when they started winning some games, and then they just kind of rolled through. The only way, the one question about that whole thing is, once you get to week 17, and Jimmy Garoppolo is injured, and he goes out there and plays as well as he did against against Houston. Why don't you stay with it one more week? I know it's a winner take all kind of thing. You know, if you don't, if you don't, if you win, you, you, you're, if you lose, you're going home kind of deal. But if, if you believed, if you truly believed at that point that he was better than Jimmy, then you, you make the move and you just keep riding him. And so to me, them going back to Jimmy Garoppolo is them not believing that at that point Lance was better than him. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, but I, I, I agree. But I just feel like, they kept flip-flopping on what they wanted to do, and they got themselves in a weird position because of the pandemic. If you remember, it was a really weird offseason when they got Trey Lance because the cap went down. When does it ever do that? It always goes up. But that year it went down. And, and that year I think they were counting on losing a bunch of vets like check. They were this close to losing Trent Williams. I think they thought a lot of those vets were going to leave, and then they just fell into their lap because there was no market for them, and then they felt like, well, we got to keep Jimmy. We can't go to Trey. I think they were cool with just, hey, we'll take this guy, Trey. We'll let him play, which is the best way for him to improve, even though he's not technically ready because he only threw 300 passes. Let's just do it. And then they got Juiced back and Trent back, and all. it's like, well, damn. Uh, They won't allow us to do that. We can't really do that anymore, and I feel like it was just kind of awkward. And now they're, they're in a really, really weird position because of that. That pandemic really was something that we say it's almost like it didn't happen. It was three years ago. We forget about it, but it really affected things. Yeah, it did change some things around. So that's a, that's actually you know that's yeah. a good point about it. But I, I went I down. Just, I just really do feel like they they kept trying to put him in there, and it just wasn't working. And between the injury and you know yeah. you go back to the like for me if I if we go back to day to day one, he was awesome in training camp in the beginning. They, Kind of fizzled out in the middle when they tried to put him into the starter more of the, the you know with the, the starters and then you know he hurts his finger they roll in there they're kind of going back and forth between him and garoppolo against the the raiders and you'd use them a little bit against the lions i think after that lions game is when the 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 players go to go to uh, go to shanahan and say hey we don't want to do this back and forth kind of thing pick a quarterback and let's roll with it so they stick with with garoppolo and then you know, the injury happens against Arizona. I think the injury against Arizona was really the the one, the biggest one as far as him not being able to play more his rookie season. I think it's fair to, rem- to remember, though, that like, so they don't go with Lance. They go with Jimmy. They score 41 week one. Week two, they score 17. Like week three, they score 28. Week two, they score 21 and lose. And Jimmy gets hurt. Then Trey plays and gets hurt by week. Jimmy comes back, they score 18 and lose. Like the season was on the brink right there. And they've been playing like crap as a team collectively. They go to Chicago, they win, they come back the next week, they lose to Arizona at home. They're three and five. Like I think they didn't take off until week 10. And we saw the same thing last year. I just feel like, and then Trey Lance, he played really great week 17 that year. I think it's a little bit that the team as a whole, the offense as a whole, kind of is disjointed in the beginning of the season. 
and gets a rhythm and momentum late. And quarterback suffers from that early and benefits late sometimes. Yeah, that could be that could to be a part degree. of it. That could be a yeah. part of it because I I, I, yeah. I don't think that was there that happened in, in nineteen. I think they were pretty consistent in the beginning of the off of the season, offensively. The defense was sick. Yeah, the obviously. defense was sick. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, I I remember Jimmy having some struggles early on in the year. They also had that that win against Carolina where they ran for like eight hundred yards. They're yeah. doing like army plays, triple yeah. option. It's crazy. Corey Soto says, Lynch and Kyle, we loved our draft. Niners fans, I like all the picks, but the kicker football community outside of Niner universe, Niners draft suck F. Again, that so that's what's so interesting. The entire national community says, yeah, that was the worst draft what the Niners did. They also say, yeah, the Niners are going to win the NFC. It's like, okay, you hate their draft. You don't know who their quarterback is, and they're the best team in the NFC. I don't get that. National reporters can't make their mind up. It's an interesting. It's interesting. I think. I think what when you look at the quarter, I think the the kicker pick drives them down, and then you yeah. look at, and then you say, okay, what what other starters do they have that they take? What you know, they didn't take anybody that, other than Jair Brown. They didn't really take anybody that was like a you know high profile player. So I True. think that also plays into these these rankings that these good guys point. Are. That's a good point. Michael Monahan says, how many wins for Brock to be accepted? Accepted. He's already been accepted. Yeah, he just needs to have his right arm work. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, all right, move on. The Niners created a bunch of cap space, almost $10 million during the draft by restructuring Christian McCaffrey. And it's most likely because starting like today, they can sign people, players, free agents, and have it not affect their comp pick formula, which is not exactly public, but essentially they like comp picks. If they sign players last week, it would mean fewer comp picks now it doesn't mean it has no effect i didn't really explain that well but i think people understand what i'm talking i think they feel me do you think yeah. they're going to go sign yannick and Gakwe? i i i don't think so i think they're going to go get a guy but i don't think anika Gakwe fits the 49ers he's a really good pass rusher doesn't play run defense and then he's also a guy who i think needs a lot of snaps in order to be able to put up those those sacks he's a high volume guy in order to get there so if you're asking him to come in and just and play you know, 300 to 400 snaps as a, as a, just a pass rusher alone. I don't think that he moves the needle for the 49ers. So I would say, no, I don't think you need a Gokwe as a 49er. I think you're, you might be looking more at uh, like a guy like Zadarius Smith out of Minnesota. I think he makes more sense for them than any can Gokwe. I like Zadarius Smith. He's really good. Uh, yeah. I think I so feel like Zadarius Smith is better right now than Colton Kivitz. I know they play different positions, but I'm thinking one-on-one -on -one in training camp. My money's on Zadarius. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Or you know, maybe who knows? The other, I think you, there's a couple of really good pass rushers here. There's a couple of other positions. Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd works out for them as well. So there's, God. if you if you just want to stick on the defensive ends, yeah, there's there's a few out there that they can go out and get that uh, would be able to come in and be kind of your like uh, it's kind of like when Kevin Green joined the 49ers back in the late '90s. You know, where he's just, he's not going to do anything other than come in and rush the passer. I think that I think if the Fires are looking for a for if you're looking for them to get a, a guy that's going to come in as an edge rusher, just look for a guy. That all he does is rush the passer, and he can do it in short bursts where he doesn't have to come in and play 800 snaps to get those. Those, uh, those also, players. if they sign a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, um, that's a big vote of no confidence in Drake Jackson. It's like, hey, Drake, forget about playing this year, maybe next year, right? Absolutely, yeah, big and that's time. Kind of, yeah, yeah, that, that's it, and. Uh, so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because they got this money. What are they going to do with it? <laughs> what are they going to do with it? It, it, I, it might not be a defensive end that they sign. Maybe they, maybe they're going to sign an offensive tackle. Maybe yeah. Maybe it's going to be a tackle. Maybe Joe Staley. Gonna... You're not that old. Come on. <laughs> Come on back. He's not uh, even forty yet. Uh, you know, there's, take there's, one for the team. There's there's some things there. You know, they can go out and get an offensive lineman. Um, maybe it's a quarterback that they're going to go out and get. Maybe they're going to trade for maybe maybe that trade that that guy who's I don't remember who put it out there, but somebody said the 49ers are going to trade and they're going to get Darius Smith and they're going to get Nick Mullins. Maybe that's the move. Maybe they're going to bring Nick back to be your the third quarterback because they like CJ. Uh, they, okay, so they're going to make a trade with because he's in Jacksonville, trade. Still, right? So yeah, yeah, tra trade. trade a future one, <laughs> a very future one. 2074. There you go. And the quarter, the fact that they didn't get a quarterback in the draft, I understand why, because there wasn't really anyone. The guys that I felt fit them weren't 
there when they when they drafted at the, the spots they took. So were you uh, surprised to see Philly take Tanner McKee? Um yeah, because the guy the guy has feet of stone. Exactly. Right? You know? He's the slowest quarterback in the draft. But then I guess like they drafted Nick Foles. Maybe they think there's a similarity there. I, I heard a, I heard a really interesting take on that during the draft. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I did a lot of it between watching TV, but I was listening to most of it on the radio. And and uh, they were talking about it was um, somebody had been with uh, in New York with Rex Ryan and Rex Ryan wanted quarterbacks that were different. And what his reasoning was behind was, you know, if, if my backup, I just need him to be able to do mm-hmm. a set of 20 plays. If he can just do these 20 things, it doesn't have to be what the starter does. But if we know right. he's the backup and he goes in and he can run, do these 20 plays. If they're different than when the, what the starter does, it's even more of an advantage to us because the defense isn't ready. Right. So that's, right. that's you know, so that could be kind of, you know, some of what they're doing here too because – makes sense. You know, he's sense. not going to – he's definitely not going to run around. And right now their backup no. quarterback is uh, the, the guy from, from Atlanta last year uh, who Marriott. matches up a little bit, Mariota. So, yeah, it's that was an interesting pick. I, I didn't like McKee at all. He throws the ball well, but he just doesn't move very good at all. He doesn't move. No, uh, I think the thing about Philly is like they don't really do a lot of pocket movement. No, like they they run their quarterback, but they don't like move them. You know, like they don't, they're not really like asked to throw on the run very much. Like Jalen Hurts runs to run, not runs to throw. So I think what's possible is what they could say with Tanner is like, okay, yeah, he can't run at all, but he can do all the RPO stuff. Like we can just take out the quarterback run stuff and he can run this. I mean, that's what, that's essentially what they did with Foles. They just add the quarterback run stuff onto that with Hurts. You know, he's got a big enough arm to make the downfield throws that they ask for, you know, because because they're kind of funny. Most all the you know, you look at the numbers and you have pretty much everybody is dink and dunk and then every once in a while like over the top. And they were but they were really uh, they don't run a lot of those screens and then they take the shot plays over the top yeah. and then they kind of mix in some other stuff around it. Uh, I, he could he can do all that stuff. Just not ask him to run. It'll be fine. You know, he's got a strong You have to have arm. a big arm to play for Philly, right? Because you got to be able to make the sideline throws and the deep throws. They don't really ask you to make those like layered touch throws over the middle. Yeah, you've got to be able to make you've got to be able to make the deep throw outside the numbers. Big time. He can do that. He can do and he that. can't. Mariota can't. No, I don't think so either. I don't think no. he's necessarily that that player as much as um as uh McKee is. No. So I'm curious to see what happens with, with Mariota. If he plays for them, he's gonna run a lot. I bet. Yeah, probably. Or just handoff. Yeah. All right. Let's look ahead to this quarterback competition. I've never heard of a backup quarterback competition that's gonna get more press, but Wow, this is going to be the f- the focus of OTA's minicamp. I mean, just imagine every day you come home, you want to talk about Jair Brown or Cam Latu. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. How did Sam Darnold and Trey Lance look? Give me every throw. So what do you think about this quarterback competition? What's your uh, expectation? I think the thing for me is I see so much discussion about this. And there's so many, you, it's, it's a very polarizing topic because – it seems like if like whose side getting, are you fucking on, Jack? Exactly. You're either if you know if if you if you're if you if you believe that that Darnold has even a chance to do anything, you're 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 shitting on Trey Lance. And if you think that yeah. Lance can do anything, you're not giving Darnold his run. What I don't yeah. understand is if the people that really believe in Trey Lance that also are going to tell you that Sam Darnold sucks, why do they give a shit? about what anybody's saying about this whole thing. Because if Trey Lance, if Trey Lance is as good as you say he is, He'll why win. are you even worried about Sam Darnold who stinks to you? Just yeah. let him go out and play. You know, the, what's interesting here is these are two guys who I think are very similar. I think they're both guys that put a lot of highlight reel plays on film. You can see, you can mm. see, you can see what they, you can see what they're both capable of. Right. But you tantalizing. Yes, they both yes. put out. They both put out things that make you want to see more. If you right. just watch, which is why they were the third pick in the draft, not the first pick, mind you. Third, right. that's a good spot for someone who's tantalizing. Yes, and and they they, they have the highlight plays. They have yeah. they have the things that say, "Man, there's something there." Yeah, there's just something there, and I think, but if only we could harness it. Yeah, but yeah, and and you, you start to look through it, and both you know they are very similar. Their turnover ratio in the NFL is similar. Their completion percentage in the NFL is similar, similar. and yep. their ability to move and run in the NFL again similar. I think similar. That Sam Darnold might be a little bit better runner than Trey Lance, but that's and the reason I say it is because of his what we saw of him at Carolina this last year. You saw him running some zone read stuff in the last 
in his six in his six starts. You yeah. saw him do some zone read stuff. If you watch the game against, if you watch his film in the game against Detroit, that's that one would make you think that this guy is a is a runner because he's running. They're running zone read on Detroit like nobody's business. And he's handing it like off. He's Trey hasn't games. been as as fast since he hurt his knee in Arizona or something. Because like, there's I don't understand, man. Like yeah. he in that game against Houston, which was his best game. Like he did not run well in that game at all. He played quarterback well in that game, but man, I think it was uh, Eric Reed's little brother stuck him a couple of times. Yeah, Justin Reed. Me. Yeah, there was yeah. a couple of times where they where they yeah. tried to run him outside, and, and Justin Reed, you're right, and Just, and I do think yeah. that his that he struggles with getting to the edge. I don't think he's I don't think he's as sudden or as quick to be able to get there as what they thought, and I think that's why, you know, one yeah, of the, true. I thought he ran like a champ in that first start against Arizona. It was like him against the world, but he took so much punishment. And I still I don't feel like he's been the same since that game, man. I mean, <laughs> sixteen. He remember that one where he got where he got his helmet knocked off. It's like, yes. dude. You're not gonna last, man. You gotta stop. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one everybody was like, Oh, look at that. He looks like Steve Young out there when he did kind of, but it's like, man, you can't last. <laughs> Steve didn't last playing like that. You can't do no. that. No, he didn't. And and this is just one of those things where it's like, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I I this is where like for me, I think, you know, um I'm boring on this topic compared to some other people because I don't know what Trey Lance is. <laughs> You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I don't know what Trey Lance is. I don't, and I'm so my, my, I'm like, you know, he, he's done some, what do we know? He hasn't really played enough. He's, uh, who knows? And then you look at Sam Darnold and you're like, he's played a lot, but he's played with shitty teams and shitty coaches. And for the most part, he hasn't had, had shitty results. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, I talked about, uh, I got, so who's more worth your time and investment, right? The guy who's been in bad situations and had a lot of bad football, or the guy who's been in good situations, uh, but hasn't played much. Yeah, well, you know, the, know. The, as far as an investment, you would I would say you would go with the younger guy, right? Yeah. But the younger guy is Lance, and the younger and Lance might be that ends up being more expensive than Darnold over the long term. It's so it's true. You, you just I think you put the ball out there, you let these guys go. You know, you you look at here's the other thing. I'll just get, I'll just say it because I I know that Darnold, you put up his numbers, what he did in his like last six games, right? And it's nine touchdowns, five whatever. You look at Lance and his last five starts. You go back to his game, his last game in college, which was, I know it sucks because it's just one game, right, in 2020. And then you look in his five starts with four starts with the 49ers. In his five starts, he has turned the ball over uh, five times. Uh, two times in the in the last game at North Dakota State. He had a fumble and a and an interception. He's he's turned he's thrown an interception in every start with the 49ers except for the Seattle game. Because in the Seattle game, he didn't throw the ball other than a couple times in that first drive. And then, you know, you look at Darnold, and he's kind of the same thing. And so you, you start to look at these guys. You start to compare them. You're trying to make decisions on them. I just – I'm just kind of a – I'm like, I that's that, let's see what, what happens with either one of these guys. I, I'm not on – I don't believe Trey's great. I don't believe Sam's great. I don't believe that Lance sucks. And if I was going to say one of these guys sucks, I'd say it's more Darnold. But I also said that Alex Smith sucks during his time with the 40 years before before Jim Harbaugh got here. I, you know, so I'm not sure I we think, got here. I think it's funny. I think the Niners are going to talk themselves into Darnold somehow. I kind of have the feeling they're going to talk themselves into Darnold. I think he could, I think he could win this, this competition. He has more experience than Trey. I could, I could see Sam Darnold being a really good practice quarterback. I've seen Trey in practice to your point. He puts out some good plays and he's a little inconsistent. If you just track completions and incompletions, some days it's bad. So I could see Sam Darnold if the, if they get the same amount of reps, him having a higher completion percentage and the team feeling like, you know what, we'll just go with him because he's a little more consistent. I could see them talking themselves into that and Sam Darnold being Sam Darnold in real games. So like, hey, whatever they want to do, whatever you want to decide, like it'll play itself out. If Sam Darnold sucks, like you can start him week one. He won't be starting him by week three. So whatever <laughs> you want to do, that's fine. But I feel like the Niners are kind of volatile. Like their offense usually use i mean they kind of treat the first month month and a half as preseason they don't really know who they are yet on offense they're sort of finding what they do best uh, a lot of their guys are injured and then by week 10 it's like they take off so sometimes the quarterback that has to play early like you got to survive that trey didn't survive it jimmy has you know to his to his credit although jimmy got hurt you know midway through the season last year mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it, so it, we'll see it if, if they go through this entire season with these three as their quarterbacks, it'll be very interesting. Just there's, there's something, 
you keep hearing so much talk about Darnold being the guy. It's weird. I don't know where it's coming from. Uh, you know, you've, you've heard it from Rappaport. You've heard it from his head, you know, his quarterback coach. It's just, mm-hmm. it's odd. There's just so much smoke around Sam Darnold over Trey Lance. And I'm just, uh, just, it's one of those things that for us covering the team, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to make it for must watch TV, must watch, you know, reading or YouTube, whatever you want to say about the reports about how these guys are playing, especially early on during OTAs when we're the only ones that are there. I have a, a, a theory. Like, I don't know if John and Kyle are privately telling these reporters off the record, like Sam's going to start for us, but I can sort of, as a, as a reporter that's been privy to some type of th- these, in these conversations, sometimes you can have a conversation at, off the record. And as a reporter ask about Trey, and not get very much in re- in response and then ask about Sam Darnold and get a lot in response and sort of put two and two together. Like, hey, they were kind of tight-lipped about Trey. Didn't have a whole lot to praise or say. They were effusive in their praise about Sam. What does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, and that's probably how I would think too if I were if I were them. Only yeah. thing is maybe the Niners feel like, you know, they they handed Trey so much. They traded up for him. They made him the third pick. They they they, they gave him Jimmy's job. Like, Clearly, the, the the locker room felt he was anointed. Maybe they feel like, you know, this is what's best for him. And if he can't rise to the occasion, then he clearly isn't the one. Yeah. And then that, at the end of the day, that's that's what it's going to be. He's he's going to have a chance here. He's going to have the opportunity during the offseason to go out and show, you know, this great new throwing motion that he's worked on. <laughs> opportunities, all these kind of things. Um, so it's, it's sarcasm. <laughs> The sarcasm. No, I, no yes, I'm with you it, though. I'm with you though. I'm with you though. The, the great new throwing. Do you really change the throwing motion? That, that's that. That is sarcasm. But he is going to. In curious. terms of the other part of it is he is going to have the opportunity here, and that is not sarcasm. Yeah. I, I do believe that he has the opportunity, and I 100% believe that if he is the guy that uh, the people that yell at me all the time say he is, <laughs> then he is going to. He'll he'll be just fine, and I I don't I don't really care whether it's. Trey Lance or Sam Darnold or Brock Purdy because I get the ride about them regardless. And <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you know, they, they, they make the story. They tell you what you're going to write. If they have a good day, you talk about their, their practices and they play practice bad. You talk about their bad practice. It's I, not that hard. I guess what I'm trying to say though, is I feel like the quarterback competition doesn't end week one. No, it doesn't. And, and since it kind of starts week one, because all, all the preseason games, all the practices, it's information. It's important. But how important? It's not really football. Preseason's football, but kind of. But practice isn't. So is that is that a situation where Trey will look way better than he really is, or Darnold will, will look way better than he really is, or you won't be able to glean anything from it? I, well, I guess we'll see. But I feel like the way the Niners are, whoever starts week one, there's no guarantee you're playing week three. I mean, the Niners go through these quarterbacks, baby. Like, we'll see who can stay healthy on this team playing quarterback hey, that's, the Niners, the, that's the real competition the Niners got us debating Trey Lance versus Sam Darnold all along and Brock Purdy is going to be the guy that's going to start week one anyway so God God help him if that's the case I, there's so much intrigue here man if they if they rush back Brock what if he's only 50 percent can they win with him if he's 50 percent maybe they can maybe they can still win with Brock even if he's like not quite himself yet nah, they need him he needs to be 100 healthy for him I to be on the field does. You don't put him on the field if he's not 100% healthy. It seems like it, not the right. It's not, forget him, right? It's not what's right for the future of your franchise if he's as special as you say he is. But it's not right for your team uh, right. now either. There is, that's he, true. If he's, that's not, true. if he's not 100% and he's not the guy that he's supposed to be, he's he's hurting you. So you Doesn't can't give you the best there. chance to win. Yeah, Maybe that's right. why they think Sam Darnold gives him their best chance to win because Brock's hurt, Trey's yeah. inexperienced, and Sam is Sam Darnold. Amen. <laughs> All I know is he was 5 for 15 with two, with what three picks, two picks, and two fumbles week, so like week week seven, 18. eighteen. Mm-hmm. So hey, dude, you do that one time on the 49ers, you're done for life. <laughs> one time, yeah, you're done. You're yeah, done. You can't do that. You can't, you can't do, that. do that. They won no. the game. They won the game. Uh huh. Ten seven. Ten seven. They did. They absolutely did. <laughs> but they absolutely uh, did. Can't do but, that. No, so you can't. You can't do that at all. <laughs> clean it up, baby. <laughs> I mean, Trey Lance is getting thrown out of town for work, for less than that. Hey, no, you're right. That's- he hasn't gotten thrown out yet. He hasn't gotten thrown out. Yet. I would have just chilled on Purdy and Trey and grabbed a Super Bowl worthy quarterback so they can send our vet home with the ring. Just grabbed a Super Bowl. Hey, hit up Tom. He's doing nothing. What do you think Tom Brady's doing right now? 
watching us. Big fan. <laughs> yeah, that's big. Fan. I guess yeah, maybe that's what he's talking about. There you go. Hey, bring him back. Bring him back home and uh, let him let him let him finish off with the Super Bowl. I do think it's cool that um, you know you got Robert Sala with Aaron Rodgers. You got uh, you got uh, Mike McDaniel with Tua. We got um, D'Amico with Bright with C.J. Stroud, and Kyle with a mystery bag, <laughs> a bag of tricks. Christian McCaffrey could be throwing deep today. You don't know. He's, that's right. Well, maybe there you go. There's their fourth. Their fourth. There their you fourth go. Quarterback. They've got who's they've the got, dude? Jack Coletto. Oh, that's my favorite guy. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about Jack. You don't know what you've oh, heard about. What, you don't his, think, uh, I, his, you don't think I fucking know about Jack Coletto. Do, do, you, do you know what Jack Coletto's nickname is? No. Jack Hammer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I did see that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that guy is going to be the best. He's going to come out there. He's That's the quarterback for when they get the rookie minicamp. There you no go. No question. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the Jack Hammer from Oregon State. Absolutely. I love what Kyle saying here. Every every player is like, okay, okay, okay. But can you play running back? And can you throw? Okay, all right. You can be on my team. You can be on my team. That's why they don't like running. He, he doesn't like right tackles because they can't play running back and they can't throw. I'm sorry, man. I, there's not much I can do with you, dude. You just block, fuck blocking. I'm sorry. I can scheme that shit. I don't need you to block. Blocking's overrated. Kyle should make a book called Blocking's Overrated. I think that I would. He could. That would be the Kyle Shanahan story right there. <laughs> pass block, pass Protect yourself, over. quarterback, by Kyle Shanahan. Hey, it's it's you know we'll see, man. I'm I'm really interested in seeing how this whole right tackle position works out. That's that's one we didn't get into today too much, but uh, Colton McKivitz, come on down. Let's let's see what you got. So when the 49ers are in the Super Bowl, like uh, Vegas says, who's going to be the quarterback playing for them that day? Jack Coletto. <laughs> there you go off the practice Christian spot. McCaffrey no they're actually going to unveil a new offense this year with no quarterback it's going to be great <laughs> everyone could be a threat to throw at any time you don't know who it is could it be Christian could it be Debo you don't know they're gonna, but they're going to run the ball so it doesn't it's, matter it's going to be like those old videos they're going to have like four guys that are just going to rotate in the in the, in yeah. the backfield they're taking, taking yeah. their turns getting the snaps there you go so you pick the three man weave just go in the backfield <laughs> There you go. Oh, I can't wait, man. It's been a really great week. Thank you very much, 49ers, for doing things and making them controversial as always. You could have just, you know, had a good draft, stick to the script, not reach for anyone, but you didn't do that. You took a kicker. You took a, a, a two tight ends. Thank God, love you. And you, you walk in like knowing like, yeah, we did some weird stuff. We did some weird stuff, but you're going to like it and you're going to get a lot of money from it. So don't complain. Fair enough, Kyle. Absolutely. <laughs> what you got going on these uh, the rest of the day, the rest of the week, Jack? I'm pretty, I'm, uh, I'll be putting some stuff out. I'm not, as far as live shows, I don't have anything right set up right now for the rest of the week, but there'll be some videos that I'll be putting out over the, the course of the week. Uh, some different topics regarding the draft and, and guys that I think are going to step up to kind of fill some of the void. So just keep it locked into the channel. You'll see new stuff pop up as it comes up. Love it. Um, JCK510 says Niners quarterback situation is a game show. Now I have this idea of after every practice, you should line each person up over each quarterback up over like a like a water tank and interview them at the same time. And if they give a bad answer, it's like eh, and they have to like get dropped in the water tank. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, dang, <laughs> that's a good idea. You don't like their answer. You just walk up and hit the thing and be in the water. <gasps> what was the coverage on that second play? Cover two. No. <laughs> there you go. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll stay tapped in. We've got a lot of content. These Niners content creators, it's a whole universe. You know the Marvel universe? It's like that, except better. And all we do is talk about the 49ers 24-7. Watch us. Have a good one. Absolutely.